0: when the replay official did not stop I, I'm the I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get
1: commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be legal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question. I'm the man to go get it done with this staff, with this team, with this program. There's not anybody left standing after 2015. All right, I am. And I know what it takes. You build in together, you fight together, and you go find a way to get it done. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We've got to know and understand that it's got
2: to be about competition. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down.
0: Gas
3: control.
4: Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee Homer?
0: Hey, buddy, what's going on?
4: Hey, doing good, Shane? We're getting ramped up with these coaching rumors. I'm excited to talk to you about that. But before we do that, Shane, right before we hopped on the pod here, Mm -hmm. the latest college football playoff rankings came out. This is going to be the second to last one. We only got one of these left. So I just wanted to spend a moment here discussing that. And, you know, it was kind of uneventful because the top four remains the same. So it's Ohio State number one, LSU number two. Clemson number three, Georgia number four. Uh, then it gets a little crazy here, Shane. Utah's number five. they They're up. That's up one spot. Uh, mm. Oklahoma's number six. That's also up one spot. And then the last three here, obviously, just the SEC teams that are ranked in the college football playoff ranking that I want to hit on. Florida, finally into the top ten. They should be number five, in my opinion. But the Gators, number nine. They're up yeah. two spots. <laughs> sorry. We got Auburn, number 11, that's up four spots. And then how stupid is this? Alabama, number 12 in the nation, down seven spots because they lost to uh, one of the nation's best team at home. But uh, thoughts on that, Shane? Alabama 12, Auburn 11, Florida number nine. And then, of course, the top four remains the same.
0: What about Florida? Finally making some movement, Mike. Getting up <laughs> two spots right behind Wisconsin, and uh, Wisconsin's one lost team, right? Uh, no, I think haven't they lost no. twice? That's correct. They have, and one of them was to Illinois. And if you forget, <laughs> they're they're on a three game losing streak, baby. But they they are bowl eligible. They did get six in, so I guess we'll give them that. But. Uh, yeah, this is, this. I don't know, this list is so stupid sometimes. And, you know, I, I just think when you're looking at a playoff situation, mm-hmm. you know, do you really think Utah is better than Alabama? I, I mean, honestly, I know, I know Alabama's down there, but if you were to put on a neutral field the University of Alabama and uh, Utah, I mean, Alabama would probably still be a – 13 14 point
4: favorite would not you think yeah especially after we just saw they put up 45 on the road at Auburn's defense with a backup quarterback you got to think they're gonna score 60 on Utah exactly so I don't I don't understand
0: sometimes these these stupid lists because you they just they're they're not taking a you know, they're they're in the moment. They're not taking a step back and actually analyzing, you know, okay, yes, I understand Utah's lost a game. Okay, just one. And Alabama's lost two. But let's let's talk about who they have lost to. Let's talk about Florida. Florida at nine. You know, they've lost to Georgia and LSU to the top four teams. And they're at nine. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just I don't know. I, that's this is why I want an expansion in the playoffs because this thing
4: will have a way of working itself out. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think, in part, you know, you kind of hit on Wisconsin being so high. A lot of this has to do with they want these conference championship games to look better. They want yeah. number one versus Wisconsin. They want you know LSU, Georgia. I, I think those rankings are legitimate, but. I think uh, I, I'm pretty positive that all of a sudden, Shane, the team Clemson's got to face Virginia. They they moved into the poll. They've not been ranked the entire damn college football <laughs> playoff. Now they're like 24th. Cle, uh, Clemson is still like a 30-something point favorite. So, but you got we got to give them a quality win here. So we're gonna bump them up. So that I mean that's kind of sure. all this is. Yeah, you're right. I've, and some of the comments, when I, we put it on the, the page there,
0: a lot of people are saying, you know what, they're just doing this because they're going to be right back down the following week because they're going to get spanked. So uh, not like old Feinbaum. Are you going to play that clip? Jeez Louise, <laughs> you put that thing up there It went all like fire. It's still going on. I've never seen so many angry tweets in my life.
4: <laughs> Clips and fans are pissed off, Shane and Paul Feinbaum, giving Dabo some hell.
1: All I can tell you is we 10 10-1 versus the SEC in our last 11. And we've won 115 games this decade. So has Ohio State and so has Alabama. And we've played both of them. And our program has held – our program is what people don't focus on.
4: Okay, well, Dabo brought Georgia into it, so I will too. They've got the 21st-ranked strength of schedule to Clemson's 65. Anyway, um, go ahead and, and, and respond to, to Dabo there, saying no one wants them in.
1: Yeah, I, I think Dabo Sweeney is the most annoying – winner in all of sports. I mean, the guy just can't keep his trap shut. I mean, somebody just give the man a pacifier, send him to timeout, and we'll check in with him on December 28th when he finally plays a legitimate team during this entire college football season.
4: My God, Shane, I thought, uh, you know, so, sometimes I think these guys, you know, come into these shows like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna say some BS. But here I thought, you know, I'm not say, calling Feinbaum out at all here, but, uh, I mean, I think everything he's saying here is true. I don't know how you can even debate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all of a sudden the tiger fans man boy are they pissed you know what oh man tiger fans and
0: and i will say there's a few sec fans upset too because of paul's love for alabama you know so Mm -hmm. but i I think I think this is a, an absolute, I think is an absolute joke, and it's just, a, oh, woe is me, and then you look at that
4: schedule, come on, get
0: out of here. Yeah, you are going to have some competition, and it just sucks
4: because they haven't all season. Mm-hmm. You know, Shane, I've got to be honest with you, I haven't heard uh, complaining like this since uh, Appy State got on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't fire that one up again. We just got off of that one. All right, Shane, you ready to go around the league? Yeah, buddy. Now let's go around the league. league. My my daughters
1: said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald, so uh, I'm going to wear a hat from here on out.
4: I mean, if
0: you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know,
1: play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. I, we'll play anybody you can get to play us.
2: And Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm
1: having a press conference. Okay, thank you.
4: All right, so we're gonna get down to uh, the matchup of the SEC championship at the tail end of the show. We don't have a ton of news, so we're just kind of gonna go around the league a little bit uh, before we get to the SEC title game, and we're gonna start in Columbia, South Carolina, where we had some news here on Tuesday, Shane, where it was originally reported, I believe, by ABC Columbia. That Ryan Helensky had injured his meniscus and tore his ACL. Now there were mm. reports that immediately came out that said uh, the ACL injury was, you know, it was not a tear, and that's what South Carolina has come out and confirmed. Helensky does need surgery. Now they say he's going to be fine for spring football. He d- he's got that uh, meniscus issue, so they're going to have surgery on it. And this is something that he hurt Shane if you recall during that Georgia game where he took that that hit that looked a little shady, you know, it was a shot to the knee but mm-hmm. it turned out that uh, the you know the Georgia player essentially got I don't want to say his knees taken out but he kind of uh, he, he kind of flew into Halinsky not because he was just diving at him but because he was essentially blocked into him. So it wasn't a dirty hit but it was a you could tell immediately it was one that could have ended Halinski's season and sounds like uh, South Carolina could have shut him down but you know they made the decision along with the Halinski family Ryan Halinski's father issued a statement saying you know there was no chance of further injury in him so you know they they felt fine letting him play you know hmm. I think it speaks to the kid's toughness that he get it out because you got to remember Jake Bentley obviously was out for the year to carry on joiner was really banged up I mean it just seemed like he was unable to go most most of the season as well I don't even know where South Carolina would have went if olinsky couldn't play and I think that really explains you know his tail end of the season was so poor um, it's just I, I don't even know if he was ready for college major college football to be a starter and now he's he's dealing with that he was dealing with the elbow injury I got a little bit more respect for his toughness but uh, hopefully, you know, he gets his surgery, he gets right for spring football because, uh, you know, the Will Muschamp era is going to be made or broke, essentially, by this kid. So that's just some interesting news there out of Columbia. What are your thoughts on here and all this?
0: Well, let me ask you, Mike. So now that we know this information, do we give him a pass? Are you talking about Muschamp or are you talking about Holinsky here? I'm talking about Helensky, man, because after Georgia, it was just a train wreck over there. And, you know, a lot of people wanted to know what's wrong with Helensky. and you see freshman court. Quarter- I mean, I understand he was a freshman quarterback, but there was a lot of freshman quarterback that that got better. I mean, look at Bo Nix in Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just do we give him a pass because of the injuries? I mean, was that what was hindering his game plan? I mean, just, I mean, I know, I know it, it had to affect it, but you know, there was some. I mean, there were some god awful games, Mike.
4: Yeah, i give him a pass because if you recall, I know it was Charleston Southern, but, I mean, my God, that's that's when I came up with the Heislinsky name,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: then he did it the next week. wasn't as effective, but, I mean, he was unfazed by Alabama, and he uh-huh. threw all over them. I know they didn't have the greatest defense this year, but still they got tons of quality players on that defense. So, yeah, from what I've seen, it was disturbing to see how big of a drop-off, but I think this kind of – you know you understand it now that you're dealing with all these issues and just kind of curious to see what kind of offensive system they put into place next year cuz the offense is going to be built around Helsinki mm-hmm. and uh, you know I just I hope he's 100% next year so that we can finally see what he can do 100% and uh, with the whole off season as South Carolina's starting quarterback
0: that's all you want, man. Seriously. You just want a good quarterback. That's what we all want. <laughs> I mean, anybody listening to this podcast and you love your team and you just want a good damn quarterback, you know, somebody you can rely on and grow with and, you know, you see teams like uh the bearded trader, and, um, you know, trash coming back and, and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's just, it feels good. And we, I want to buy into the Heiselinski. I, I did because I wanted to see him play last year. And and like you said, there were flashes of like, man, this guy's legit. And then there was moments you're like, yeah, he is a freshman, you know. So Mm -hmm. I hope he he takes a big step forward this offseason. First, he's got to get healthy. You know, this playing through injuries. I mean, everybody's playing through injuries during the season. But it seems like this was a little extreme, man.
4: Yeah, and if I'm a South Carolina fan, Shane, I'm thinking, you know, I know – Almost all of them at this point are out on Will Muschamp, ready to see change. I don't think that's obviously going to happen this off season. but the good thing you got in your back pocket, Shane, you may have a franchise-type quarterback here, and mm-hmm. you look, just look across the league, Shane, I mean, like, what was Missouri when Kelly Bryant went down? Uh, what... Alabama's not as effective with Tua down, and I mean well, you just go on down go on down the list. At least they've got that centerpiece. They've got confidence <laughs> knowing what they got under center. And if I'm, you know, if, if there's any glimmer of hope for the Will Muschamp era and there in South Carolina, at least you got that main piece you need. And the defense, you know, before it got kind of decimated there, it looked like they had kind of turned the corner as well. So you got a defense, you got a quarterback. I think you got a chance next year. Uh, if you're South Carolina, if if all goes, you know, a lot better than it did this year.
0: Absolutely. And what they got coming in, you know. I mean, talk about easier to recruit, you know. If the offense does take a step forward, and I don't know who they're going to bring in as coordinator, but – you know they got some really nice young talent that's scheduled. You know, I hasn't signed yet, but is scheduled to be on that campus, and they can continue to grow around that and can sell Helensky, Hey, you come in, you're going to play immediately. Uh, yeah, they could they could build something special down there pretty quick.
4: And I think they're returning four or five offensive linemen, which, you know, that never gets enough publicity. How many linemen you got coming back? But mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things I always key in on every offseason. Last thing here for the Gamecocks, Shane, I know you love your home-and-home matchups here. The Gamecocks announced a home-and-home series with Miami. I like that. That's pretty good. I like it. It's going to start in 2026 in South Carolina, 2027 the following season at Miami. Thoughts on that series?
0: I like it. (laughs) I approve this message. I hope this is a uh, week zero matchup. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, I mean, that that could be a (laughs) damn good one right there. Yeah. All right, Shane, so we're going to... Tox and canes. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping down to the other Columbia, Columbia, Missouri, Shane, where... M I Z. Tristan Castillo, the center there for Missouri, announced he is going pro early. He's going to enter... The 2020 NFL draft. I think this was pretty shocking to a lot of people. Now they already had two seniors on that offensive line, two of their better players. Now they got Castillo going. They got Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle, has already announced he's leaving. Albert O, the tight end, has announced he's leaving. And I think this is what comes. This is the price that comes when you fire your coach. When you know you couldn't I'm not saying, you know, Missouri's gonna go in the tank because they got rid of Barry Odom. I'm Still not sold on Barry Odom being an elite coach or anything, but that is something to kind of note moving forward. You got all these guys leaving. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's you know that's something these ADs need to consider when you got a head coach in the balance there. If you you cut your coach, we're seeing it maybe a little bit at Ole Miss here. A lot of players potentially could be walking out their door. Um, it, it's just it may be tough here for the next Missouri coach. At least uh, you know he's losing some of his marquee talent. Uh, obviously the seniors but now a couple juniors as well yeah I mean think about it when they had the sanctions or I don't want to call it well, I guess it was sanctions wasn't it yeah, would you considerable and, and, and moving forward they also have uh, recruiting uh, scholarships taken away moving forward yeah. so the new coach is going to have to deal with that as well
0: well there was a reason these kids stuck around. I mean, nobody transferred. There was more kids transferring from other schools that doesn't have sanctions, you know. Right. And and a lot of that had to do with coach, you know, coach Odom, and and you know, you just you just kicked him out, man. You know, so I I, I know he was pumping up his his track record, and and I don't want to do that, but. You had a pretty good coach there, man. And was it did things go exactly as planned? Absolutely not. But you know everything I've heard from Coach Odom is he's 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 a players' coach, and and these guys bought in, so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of them are going to leave.
4: All right, Shane. Let's uh, talk while we're talking Missouri here. We can talk a little bit of coaching carousel here, latest speculation. From Dennis Dodd, CBS senior writer, college football writer, longtime writer, and I'm sure he's well-connected here. I don't think he'd just be throwing this stuff out there. But according to Dennis Dodd of CBS, Arkansas and Missouri, Shane, both interviewing Willie Fritz, the Tulane coach. Mm. Now, I don't know people who follow Tulane that. Well, I know I personally don't, but I do know a little bit about Willie Fritz. He's a little bit of an older guy. But uh, he's a longtime coach, been very successful uh, basically all his stops. And I think he's doing it once again down there in Tulane. You know, you don't have much to work with down there, but he's getting it done. And according to Dennis Dotties, this guy Willie Fritz has already met with Arkansas, and he's soon to meet with Missouri. And apparently, according to this person who's given him this information, Willie Fritz calls Missouri his dream job. So take that for what it's worth. But (laughs) thoughts on that, Shane, where, you know, it seems like a lot of these, everybody wants a, you know, the next young coordinator guy that's going to be, you know, the next Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley or Steve Spurry or what have you. But I think sometimes there's something to be said for hiring a guy that's been coaching for 20-something years that knows what the hell he's doing. I mean, I think, not saying Arkansas should turn around and hire this guy, but if you're going to give me – unproven Chad Morris who's all this hype and there's no substance or you're going to h- hire maybe a little bit of older guy who's been you know working the lower levels but has been very successful and you know he's not going to be around for 15 years but if he can give you four or five good years uh, in a certain situation I think that could be the right move to to kind of get the program on solid footing
0: mm. you know I'm looking at this gal <laughs> <laughs> I can't approve of this message, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a six and six, seven and six, five and seven, four and eight in Tulane. So mm-hmm. that's that's his record. Mm-hmm. It's twenty-two and twenty-seven since he's been at Tulane. So, you know, yeah, he's been a head coach, but he's been a terrible head coach at Tulane, if you ask me. Now, I know some people probably like him. Personally, he's 59 years old, you, you know, he's, he is an older gentleman, he has been around, you know, he spent majority of his time in Central Missouri, and that's when he was a, a, a good coach, but, you know, this is big boy ball, and, and I don't know if that's the answer, I mean, you know, but... This again, a lot of times you see these top hires. It's one extreme to another. So you you took a chance on the young coordinator, you know that that's got a little flair to him. You know we all thought Chad Morris was going to be the dude, uh, you know. And then now you got you got old rusty dude that's been, you know, <laughs> killing it up at Tulane. And you know, yeah, he knows how to run a program, but you know he's fourth in the West. <laughs> And <laughs> it's on, you know, the uh, AAC conference. So yeah, I'm not I'm not getting too excited about this. You know what sucks though, Mike? What's that? Because I've been there. You know, Arkansas, Mizzou, all these guys, you know, you talk about these sexy names, you know, that you're gonna come here, Mike Leach, the pirate's gonna be here, you know, and then and then all of a sudden these are the names that pop up. And these are the names that get hired sometimes. So I'm, I'm not in on Fritz. So I hope this is just a just a nasty rumor.
4: Well, here's another one, Shane, that I know you're not going to be in on. And I want to give this guy credit because if he's right, he's going to make us both look pretty stupid. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to give this guy some credit. But uh, this guy's name is Jack McGuire, who works for Barstool Sports. And according to Jack, Will Healy has turned down the Missouri job and will interview with old miss if all goes well he will be the next head coach of the rebels very soon i don't know how much uh it seems very peculiar that you'd say you know he's not even interviewed but he's going to be the coach soon if it goes well like there's too many there's too many ifs there that's that's not really how this stuff works it's you know you meet and then an offer's made you know what i mean so right. I, I don't know how much credit i put into this but i the only reason i really even wanted to bring this up cuz i'm sure Fans are just dying for any and all information. But if Ole Miss and keep in mind this guy Will Hilly, he's thirty-four years old, so he's very young in his career, but he's got a losing record at Austin P, he's got one record one year at Charlotte, and he's seven and five. If you're Ole Miss and you just fired Matt Luke and you're gonna lose out on maybe the the best coordinators in the SEC, at least the pair of them I'm talking, Mike McIntyre and Rich Rodriguez, because they're not going to work for this kid. Right, You're throwing them all down the hill to hire Will Hilly, then, my God, Shane, I mean, Ole Miss just set themselves <laughs> back five years here. I mean, if, if that's, that's the plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just,
4: again, I don't know this guy at all.
0: I'm looking, he did win the Eddie Robinson Award. You know, which is important because Jim Tressel did too in nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're striking, you know, striking something here. Houston Nutt is another winner of this award. So, mm-hmm. no, I don't know anything about this guy. This, I, do you think this is true or you think this is just, uh, just rumor? I mean, you're talking about turning down the job like he had it wrapped
4: up, didn't interview, just had it wrapped up. Yeah, no, I'm not buying this one at all. But I just like I said, uh, it is. This is a name I'm hearing. I don't necessarily I wasn't thinking in the SEC Will Healy, but uh, man, that would be a stunner, Shane, and it's it's kinda like you, you basically laid it out there perfectly. You know, when you fire your coach, you you automatically you're like, My God, we maybe we can get Mike Leach. You know, he's interested. Mm-hmm. And then here a week later. Fucking Will Healy's, who we got. Like, oh, my God. Like, what? why the fuck did we get rid of Odom? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is a downgrade. But I don't know. That's kind of the way these things go. And this is why, you know, looking at... I'm looking at you, South Carolina. I'm looking at you, Vanderbilt, where people are just... Let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of fucking Muschamp. Let's pay him $29 million, whatever. Let's bring in Will Healy. Like, it, it's not necessarily going to... It's not like striking gold. You know what I mean? Urban yep. Meyer is not... Knocking at that door, uh, so you, sometimes you got to be careful what you ask for. And like I said, I mean this this kind of stri- strikes me. This is similar to old uh, Chad Morris, Shane, where I'm not trying to badger Arkansas fans. We've kind of already done that enough this season. But it's very easy to talk yourselves into it. I mean, hell, this yeah. guy, he he recruited Deshaun Watson. He turned SMU around. He's a hell of a recruiter, but. Mm-hmm. We found out real quick he didn't know what the fuck he was doing when it comes to coaching. So you just really got to be careful what you're asking for. You've got to wonder if this is the candidate that Missouri and Ole Miss is after, how much money do they really have to buy a coach? And I'm thinking they don't have a whole lot if that if this is the candidate they're looking at.
0: Mm, buddy, Mark is fired up.
4: All right, Shane, last thing here before we get into the, some uh, SEC conference championship game talk just want to hit on these real quick because, I mean, these are going to be coming and going each podcast. We'll probably, until the season kicks off, Shane, we'll probably have one transfer portal update on every show the way this thing's going. But I just wanted to run down a couple names here that uh, guys that have entered the portal here since we last got on the podcast. Tennessee's had three of them, Shane. Marcus mm. Tatum and Ryan Johnson, both offensive linemen. And then freshman Jared Means, who is kind of played receiver and defensive back. He They're all three in the transfer portal. Uh, Texas A&M, offensive lineman Kellen Deitch, who's a graduate transfer. He's in the portal. Uh, Ole Miss, offensive lineman Bryce Matthews. And then finally, Arkansas, freshman, offensive lineman Silas Robinson. A lot of offensive linemen, Shane, in this damn <laughs> transfer portal. Just wanted to make those notes. And, you know, none of these players are standouts or anything. It's not going to cripple the team by any means, but – I just wanted to give a couple of those updates on, on guys that are probably not going to be with their current team heading into next season.
0: Noted. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, Shane. So, you ready to talk some uh, SEC championship game, yeah, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So, uh, Kirby Smart met with the media here on Tuesday evening. Oh, no, him. <laughs> and I just thought, uh, you know, one of the things that he said. I know this to be the case, but sometimes I think he just kind of forget it because of the history of Coach O. But man, Coach Orgeron, he's killing it here lately in top ten matchups the last couple years. Now, obviously, he's not undefeated. He's lost to you know Alabama, then a couple years uh, last season, they lost to Florida, and uh, so I'm not saying he's perfect, but I think he's got more top ten wins than just about anyone other than maybe Dabo Sweeney the last two or three years combined. So Coach O's really, you know, he's really nailed this big game coaching in recent seasons, and I don't think he mm-hmm. gives enough credit for it. Uh, we'll jump over to Kirby Smart here in a minute, but he's certainly giving him credit. How much, uh, have you know, credit are you giving Coach O'Shane heading into this SEC championship game, going into almost assuredly a college football playoff run here? But, you know, sometimes I think we look at, The LSU coaching staff, we note these outstanding coordinators they got, but are we giving Coach O enough credit for being one of the nation's best head coaches, or does he still have to – does he got to win this game on Saturday? Does he got to win a college football playoff game to earn that respect of being, you know, the elite of the elite head coaches in the nation right now?
0: No, I think he's already got it, man. You know, sometimes sometimes coaching's just being a good business manager, you know, and – yeah, he has excellent coordinators now, but that's not always been the case. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he last year he he cut bait pretty quick when things weren't working. And look, he changed the whole offense because it just wasn't working. I mean, that's 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 just great management. And uh no, I think he's I think he's in that that realm, you know, just like you said, you look at the top 10 wins that he's had, you look what he's been able to do from last year to this year, what he's been able to what he's been able to do just this year going undefeated in the sec, especially the West is, is just, it's, that's almost impossible, man. Some of the greatest teams uh, that have ever played usually trip up at some point during the season. LSU hasn't. So Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I think coach O's in that, in that discussion. And I'm telling you what, there is some people down there. There are some boosters. There are some, you know, there may be some, somebody on the staff or, you know, that, that probably, at some point, wanted to fire Coach O. You know, oh yeah, for sure. That, and you know this—this this isn't the guy. This isn't the answer for. And they're the same ones that are partying down there right now saying <laughs> that this is the greatest team ever. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. it's just you never know what you have. Sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle, and that's what they have with Coach O. He's a players coach. You know, you think about it, even last year, when they were down, and, and a lot of people thought that they were really going to struggle, you know, they, they, he he rallied the team. They had the players-only meeting. They, they, they just felt like at that moment became a family, and they all bought into to one goal and this you know this these little corny things he does with tell the truth and you know one heartbeat and all this stuff you know it, it works the kids bought that bought into it and uh yeah i'm i'm a huge fan as you know i'm a huge fan of coach o, and i'm just glad that that they gave him the opportunity because he is running with it brother
4: yeah and i think on the flip side we could say a lot of the same things about kirby smart which has got me so excited about this game because kirby you know, we I think we take it for granted a little bit. I know he inherited a lot of talent, but in his second year, obviously went to the national championship game, won the SEC conference, was you know a couple plays away from doing it again last season. Can win in the playoffs? We've seen that these games are not too big for him. Seems like you know every time you know Georgia faces some damn battles in the SEC, Florida, Auburn. I mean, Kirby Smart's winning these a lot more and he's losing them. So I'm pretty fired up about this uh, coaching matchup too because I don't think uh, by any means, I don't think either one of these coaches is going to be you know, embarrassed by any means. I'm not expecting any kind of blowout. And you can take it a step further down to the assistant, Shane. we got Dan Lanning, defensive coordinator for Georgia, Joe Brady, the passing coordinator for LSU, both. Royals award finalists so it's pretty unique that we got two finalists of this award going head to head during conference championship weekend but we're lucky enough to get it and I'm just looking over the stats uh, today Shane for this matchup I mean damn near LSU is number one in every key offensive category in the SEC Georgia's number one in every meaningful category in the SEC defense so Man, I'm just (laughs) fired up talking about this game. But uh, let's kick it over to Kirby Shane, talking, like we said, on Coach Owen, his big game coaching ability, on if the game plan is going to be different at all, considering that Pickens is out, you know, Cager's out. How's that affect George in the first half? Uh, This was just a really weird question he got uh, about other jobs. I just thought it was a funny reaction here. The latest on DeAndre Swift. And then uh, I I thought this was a really, you know, a lot of times Kirby Smart doesn't really want to, like, doesn't seem to show much personality, but when he was asked about his first SEC championship game appearance, he kind of it kind of cracked a little bit here.
0: Her, you've you've had a couple sound bites as a head coach, but then over at LSU, they've got probably one of the most well-known characters, I guess, mm-hmm. as a coach in college football. And- He's got well, some well, Yeah, What it, I mean, in terms of Coach Orgeron, character like that, and just his overall persona, how, how good do you think it is for the game, for the SEC, to have a guy like that doing what he does?
1: Oh, it's awesome. I think it's more important what he does with his team than what he says. Obviously, words only go so far. It's, 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 it's your actions and your, your team's performance, and he certainly spoke loud and clear with that because they played really well uh, in big games. He keeps his team good and loose, and they play to his character. But I think it's great for our conference. I think we've got a stellar group of coaches in our conference.
0: Or is there a sense that losing Cager for the year, and not having George for the first half, that the kind of offensive game plan for the first half of this game would be a little bit different than it has been this season?
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you can't change who you are completely in a week. Certainly, we've got different groupings, different packages, different use of guys. You know, we've got. A lot of big guys. Um, we've got tight ends, backs, you receivers, just not as many as we always, not as many we've normally had. So, um, But I don't think there's going to be a major wholesale change in the week. Do you think that kind of,
0: I guess... How difficult is this week as a coach when you've got the game at the end of it, but you're also possibly hearing that your name is connected to School X, sort of the coaching carousel? Hmm? As far, <laughs> as far as like, so you've got, the, obviously you've got the game to focus on, but potentially you're also hearing your name, not you specifically, but
3: you're hearing assistants, play, uh, assistants and coaches mentioned for these other jobs.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard anything, so I mean, my head's in the sand. I mean, I'm, I'm grinding on LSU, I have no idea what you're referencing, so I guess I need to go and check my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. It's, it's, I really don't know what's going on out there. I think. Mean. What is Of uh, course? Swift. Swift's still on course. Yeah, I mean he's he's been out there doing what we asked him to do. He's practicing. I mean, banged up, man. It's it's it's, it's, it's tough, but uh, you know he's a warrior. He's a fighter, and um, we're expecting him to be able to go. I mean he's he's practicing. How did he injure his left shoulder on that play? Because he landed on his right. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think that he, according to him, we had that same question. It was it was earlier in the game that uh, he injured. He continued to play. You know, he continued to play with it, and then it just began to hurt more and more and more after that. And that was kind of a culmination of that on that play, where it was like it was bothering him more. But yeah, it's uh, it was. It's, he I means had it. He's had a banged up shoulder a lot of the year. A lot of our guys. I mean, Brian Harrington's had it. Uh, we've had a couple of players have the similar injury that he had that he has. He has played with it, and dealt with it, and it's a very. I won't say it's a common injury, but we have a lot of guys that have had. Uh, that same injury in football, and he's he's been dealing with it well. And uh, it came to a head uh, Saturday because he had a couple hits earlier where he did fall on it and it didn't bother
5: Kirby, this will be the fourth uh, Georgia LSU SEC championship game. What, what do you remember about 2005 as an assistant coach?
1: Man, I remember stuff after the game. You know, that's the first SEC championship that I was ever a part of, number one. Uh, number two, to win it was pretty special. I remember taking pictures afterwards and uh, – Little shock, shock. They played a wonderful game, and um, it was it was it was the, it was like the pinnacle of my career at that point because I'd never played in an SEC championship. I'd never really been even close to one, and to win one, it was it was pretty special because you don't know if you're ever gonna get that opportunity when you play and you coach, and uh, it, that
4: was a special time. All right, Shane. So how about this? Kirby Smart asked about damn job security during the press <laughs> conference. I was like, what? I was just as uh, thrown off as Kirby. I was like, what in the hell are they talking about here? <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think what they were talking about was
0: like his. It almost sounded like they were saying he was. His name came up in different jobs. Like, like is there other jobs that you would want other than you know? I mean, there's like a handful of SEC. Te- is that what you? Is that how you understood? It? Like his job
4: was being threatened if he doesn't win this thing. Well, I, I took it as like uh, maybe the damn Dallas Cowboys or something is calling Kirby to take over or something. And he's trying to prepare. I was like, why in the hell are they asking this question? I love it. I love it. <laughs>
0: oh, man. No, I, I don't uh, I, Kirby's not going anywhere, dude. But uh, what do you think about some of these assistants? You know, I thought it was kind of funny. He's like, probably I should check my phone. But, you know, there, there was a. Uh, People were talking about Sam going somewhere. Is there still – have
4: you heard anything else about some of these assistants? No, that's died down a lot. But, of course, we're still in the head coaching carousel season. And, hell sure, we haven't even had any hires. But that's kind of when you really see a lot of movement with the assistant, assistant coaching staff. Excuse me. is obviously, like I said, you know, we got Dan Lanning here. He's a real young guy. He's the defensive coordinator. Uh, they've got uh, like a co-coordinator. The guy's name is uh, Glenn Schumann. I could certainly see, you know, if there's a coaching change all somewhere big, you know, it would have to be like Florida State maybe or something like that. I could certainly see whoever's getting that job to call, you know, one of these assistants and say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. whatever Kirby's teaching you, come run my defense. We'll give you a huge raise, you know, stuff like that. I think you're going to see not just Georgia. You're going to see that all across the SEC. I'm just using that as an example. Right. Not, I'm not hurting anything. It's, it's really hard to speculate on that until we know who's going to be the head coaches. But, yeah, I think that is something that is going to – not so much the SEC championship game. I think this question would, would, would have been better served to ask maybe during the bowl time because that's mm-hmm. when that's really going to go down because that's when the head coaches are coming in. That's when they're trying to build their staffs behind closed doors. And uh, not so much this week, but that is something that uh, if Georgia makes a college football playoff run, they will have to – monitor you know it seems like alabama's had to do it every year obviously they're not going to have to do it lsu's dealing with it right now with joe brady and the speculation of uh, apparently texas is trying to hire him as an offensive coordinator so this is something that coaches do have to deal with from time to time but uh, i've not heard anything yet with georgia losing their key assistants but that that comes that's just part of the territory shane when you when you're yeah. so damn good you know your assistants other people are going to want to hire him
0: Yeah, I always – I mean, because I thought – I think Dan Lanning is going to be on a few short lists, just what he's been able to do with this defense, and, you know, they really didn't want to get rid of him last year, you know, and they promoted him when when the opportunity uh, came up, so – you know, I don't know if he's ready to make the next step, but man,
4: it is that is curious. That's the one I'm keeping my eye on, so All right, let's kick it down to the other side here, Shane. Let's go to Baton Rouge, where Joe Burrow met with the media here recently. And, you know, keep in mind, yes, Joe Burrow's, you know, he's played in some big games this year, obviously, but you know, last year they were not in any kind of a game quite like this. I mean, their biggest game after the season was against UCF, who uh, say what you want i know that team was undefeated and you know they really gave lsu a, a nice shot there in the first half but you know they were definitely out you know outmanned in that game and lsu kind of took care of business in the second half so this is going to be the biggest game of joe burrows life too because he never really got to play at ohio state so this is a huge game and uh, mm-hmm. he met with the media here and and you know you got to think not only is this uh you know his life is changing before his eyes i I know it's uh you know each going week I think it's a little bit easier to kind of maybe block out the noise when you're in the season, but once you start getting I don't know if you heard this Shane but apparently the the Vegas odds makers yeah. they have stopped taking money on Heisman bets. You are you, there's nowhere that is a, that is taking Heisman bets is my understanding because <laughs> everybody knows Joe Burrow is going to win it, so they they're not accepting bets because everyone <laughs> was just betting Joe Burrow. So imagine that. You know, you're getting all this talk. Everybody knows you're gonna win the Heisman. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, I mean, ESPN's making features about him. He's the biggest, you know, star in Baton Rouge right now, other than maybe Coach O. He can't go out to eat because he's just getting mobbed. I mean, at <laughs> some point, this is this may wear on him. You know what I mean? Or I don't know if that's the right word, but it may just kind of distract. From his focus of, you know, it's real easy when it's just week to week to week. You know what you got to do. You know who you got to prepare for. But now it's completely different. It's the SEC championship game and then a college football playoff coming up. The the expectations, the hype, everything around it is just going to get bigger and bigger. The spotlight's getting bigger. You got damn NFL team, Shane, having – uh, well, the fans, I should say, having banners. I don't know if you've seen that. It's up in Cincinnati, they're wanting Joe <laughs> Burrow number one overall. So any uh, thoughts here, Shane, that uh, I know Joe Burrow, no one's flawless, but he's played as close to flawless as you can this year. The weight, of all the expectations, the hype, the spotlight, any chance that that's maybe gets to Joe Burrow a little bit here down the stretch?
0: Nope. Not at all,
4: and I said
0: well, all I, that just for that. <laughs> I know. I just I, I don't see it because what have you seen that has given you that impression that that is going to affect her? I mean, when I think of, I think about important games, SEC championship is a important game. Obviously, it is going to be a huge event. However, when I think about LSU going to Tuscaloosa, playing Alabama. With the president sitting in the stands, you know, having two weeks to prepare for that game. I think that would have been the moment if he were to crack, he would have done it. You know, the fact that he went into that hostile environment and I mean, performed flawless, not flawlessly, but he did fantastic Mm -hmm. and won that game. I just I don't see I don't see why the SEC championship would be any different. You know what I'm saying? This is a they played last week. He played great last week. They're going to play this week. It's it seems like if he were to to break, it would have been when he had that bye week right before Alabama, and just maybe it would have got just overwhelming because there was a lot of hype saying you know whoever wins this game wins the Heisman. You know so. I don't know. I I don't, I just, I don't think it's going to get to Joe. I think, I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine.
4: I think, you know, I certainly could agree with everything you're saying there. You make a good point, but I don't know. I just think it's a little bit different because I think in that Alabama game, that's when he won the Heisman, you know, as long as he didn't lose another game. So that you got the weight of that. You've got, like I said, the Sports Illustrated cover. And and I, I really do think – you know, Kirby Smart mentioned it a little bit there during his – recalling back to his first SEC championship game. That was the pinnacle of his career. I mean, this yeah. – the, the SEC championship game, what it has turned into, especially now it's in that Atlanta facility that, where the Falcons play. I mean, it's basically Super Bowl of college football. You know what I mean? Like, it's that big of a deal – I think it's uh, – you could argue, it's, hell, it's an even a bigger deal than the anything short of the national championship game. Like, if, if LSU wins this game, I think their next game in the semifinals, I don't even think that's going to be as big a deal. I think the only thing that can top it is the national championship. That's just my opinion. But I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen, Shane, but I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked by it either because, I don't know, I think it's just human nature when the more is put on you. I think the more it affects you, so and that may be an advantage. Keep keep thinking about that this week. Georgia's been there three years in a row. LSU, nobody on this team's been there. The coach, mm-hmm. none of the coaches have been there. So I'm gonna be very interested to see how that plays out. Uh, but let's kick it over to Joe Broshane, who talks about Georgia's defense a little bit. He talks them up here. Uh, talks about last year's Georgia game. I just thought this was kind of interesting. And then kind of like I was hitting on here. Having to sign so many damn Sports Illustrated for the fans.
1: <laughs>
5: this is what we've been working for. SEC Championship is here, and we're playing a really good team. Obviously, best defense in the country, in my opinion. So we're going to have it's a tall task for us, but you know this is what we work for, so we'll be ready for it.
1: What sets their defense apart from, say, Auburn or Florida? You know, especially
5: you know, they don't have. You know, they have two. I think the two best tandem safeties in the country. I don't think there's a group that's better than those guys. And you can tell how well coached they are. They're they're very sound in their scheme, and I think they really understand their scheme, which makes them uh, so dominant. You said, it's
0: when you play a team like this. Can you fall
5: back on the other one? Realize that not every you is going to happen. I don't want to go into a game thinking, you know, not every not every drive is going to end in a score. Um, I think we get disappointed if we don't score. So I think going into this game, we're gonna keep our same mentality. We're gonna attack. We're gonna go fast. We're gonna throw the ball down the field. Um, but also understanding that, it's, yeah, this is the best one of the best defenses in the country. So you're gonna have to, to take what the defense gives you and march the ball down the field. They're not gonna give you anything easy. Just like any other week in the CSEC Championship, but we're going in to, to play our game, to attack. You know, I'm not worried about the award stuff all next week. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about beating Georgia, playing our game, and, and practicing the way we need to practice this week.
2: I was kind of a game last year kind of won the team over, just how is it going to play them again such a pivotal moment this year?
5: They had two different teams. You know, they have three or four guys back on that defense, and the rest are new starters that are playing really, really well, and we're... A new offense, same guys, but new offense and, and new scheme. So uh, last year is last year. I'm sure they're going to want some revenge on us, but it's the SEC championship. I don't think you need any more motivation. How
0: many Sports Illustrateds
5: have you signed? Oh God, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> so many. So it's you got you got to take a step back and realize where you are, though. You know, I'm I'm signing the cover of a Sports Illustrated because I'm on it, not just any Sports Illustrated is pretty special.
1: Does that not seem real? Like, if you look at it, you're like, is that really me?
5: Yeah, it doesn't. You know, you always – growing up, obviously, I always wanted to be on the cover, and then I'm on the cover, and it's like, huh. just ball. And there
1: was no jinx, obviously.
4: No jinx, hopefully. All right, Shane, so Joe Burrow's doing his best uh, Kirby smart there, talking up George's defense there. But, uh, you know, I think it's more – Maybe a little less talking up than just being accurate, because this is going to be, you know, the matchup of the season here. Last time LSU faced a defense quite like this was Auburn, and you know they held them in the 20s. So if Georgia can do something similar, I think there's a real chance Georgia could pull an upset here. Any chance? Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I guess.
0: Yeah, this sounds like game film talk to me, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's already watched a little bit, and he's seen what he's got back there in the secondary, and and George is legit. So, um, that that's what it, what it came across to me. So, uh, I do like the uh, the Sports Illustrated thing. That's pretty cool. Was is, is there a curse on the Sports Illustrated thing? Just curious, because <laughs> I mean, there's the man curse. Is there because he kind of hinted at it? Is there one on this one?
4: Oh yeah, there always has been Shane. Where uh, apparently, you know, the guy, whoever's on the cover of it, yeah. they never win the, it's like they fall apart and they never have oh, uh, the success, but it was kind of, uh, they kind of joke about it because, you know, he was put on it right before, uh, the A and M game and hell Shane, I mean, they just ripped them a new one. So I, I don't think the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the curse is, is doing too well these days.
0: The only thing that does concern me about LSU is just like, as we talked about yesterday, it's just the fact that, honestly, if LSU stays close and loses this game, they're still in, you know. And, and I think, does that play a factor into this game? I I, I don't think anybody goes in to, to lose, obviously. I think they're going to be out there to complete the perfect season. But, you know, in the, in the back of your mind, if you know you got
4: that free pass, Mike, you know what I'm saying? mm-hmm without a doubt Shane all right last thing I got here Shane let's uh, kick it over to Clyde Edwards alaire LSU's outstanding running back who Shane not only is on the bandwagon for this kid he built the damn bandwagon that's right he was asked Clyde's about uh, <laughs> a little <laughs> off topic here but uh, you know he's been such a huge piece of this LSU offense particularly you know, Ever since that Alabama game, Shane, it seems like he's hit another gear and it's just made LSU look that much more unstoppable. Uh, he was kind of asked about that Alabama game and his uh, relationship with his father here, which is, if you don't know the story, I'll tell you on the back end here, but it's one of the better stories in college football this year. Yes, sir.
3: Nick Saban referred to you said you're a kick returner,
1: <coughs> not a running back. Uh, 20 million people watching you play maybe the game of your life father that was your your, your real father that was the first time a lot of people saw him and he he said he never wanted to draw attention to himself
3: I just that day and that experience and your motivation just if you can speak to
2: um that day is that day is surreal It's you know just from the moment the moment we woke up just it's just everything it's everything just felt just felt defined and 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 magnetized uh, for some reason didn't know why um, you know, and, and naturally you'll say, okay, this just that's just the game. We're playing Bama and everything else. But it it didn't it didn't feel like any other day where I wake up and you know, I hop out to bed, you know, take a shower and do the whole everything just felt like it was in slow motion from the moment I woke up. And from that point, um, all the way down throughout the game to the end of the game, seeing my dad, um I know he didn't want to be, you know, in the spotlight. It was just him being him. That's just who he is. Um, I know the rest of my family were in the stands. I know they felt the same way. Uh, if I could have had all of them around me, you know, that would have been, been ideal. But just him being the way he is and, and the talks that we've had beforehand and everything that I've expressed to him, the things that he's, he, he's expressed to me, um, him being a, a, you know, him playing at Baker High in his day and, and, and balling and doing the things that he did and, you know, him getting caught up in, in the situation he did, but me, him being able to see me live out my dream and I mean that's all he wanted he he didn't want anything from it he just wants me to be happy my family just wants me to be happy and for the most part that game that game pretty much you know turned the coin and and everything's starting to work out.
4: All right Shane so there's uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire there talking it up and you know he's got another opportunity to shine here he could really be the x-factor in this game against Georgia because he's going to ask you know not only uh, obviously running the ball but I think they're probably going to rely on him a lot out of the backfield to catch passes, to be picking up blitzers and all kinds of things. Cause the only way Georgia is going to beat LSU is to get to Joe Burrow. So the pass protection is going to be critical in this game. Uh, but for those that don't know, his, no, his mom, uh,
0: her husband. Okay, so her husband. Or I don't know if they're her husband, but he went to jail mm-hmm. for for drugs for like fourteen years, and but soon as he was in, she met uh, a lawyer, and they got married. So it was his stepdad. So he never r- really had a you know like a like a broken home, I guess you would say. But you know his dad, like his stepdad, was always there for him. So. And when his dad got out of prison, he decided that he wanted to uh, hyphenate his name because he didn't want to do away with Edwards, but he wanted to recognize everything that his stepdad's done for him, and that's so that's why he's got the hyphenated name.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think that's a real cool story. I mean, that's not one that you hear that often, but Mm-mm. it's it's an honor to you know his name. It's an honor to the man that helped raise him, and um, I I don't know. I just think that's really special, and it's. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just really liked when I, when I found that out, and it just makes his story all that, the much better this year, don't you think? Absolutely,
0: man. And I, there's, a, there's a video floating around. Uh, SEC Network put out. It's fantastic. If we find it, we'll put it on the Reddit page. But, uh, you know, I, I love success stories, dude. I love when people beat the odds. And there was a lot of folks that didn't think he could play. Divi- like they thought he could play Division One ball, but they didn't think it could be with the big boys. He didn't think it could be in the SEC, and definitely couldn't be with LSU. But you know, he just kept he kept grinding, man. And he had his opportunity, and he took advantage of it. And and I, what I like about it is, you know, when you think of the the LSU greats, you know, you think of Leonard Fournette, you think of guys, but you know, there's a real possibility. That that Clydesdale may be the best of all three, and I and that's saying a lot because those are some studs out there. And I know a lot of people love Fournette I get that, but you know, just the the tangibles that this kid has and what he will be able to do at the next level and the way the NFL is being played these days, uh you know, he could be he could be playing for sun, playing on Sundays for a long time, man.
4: Yeah, I mean, he that was a bold statement you just made, Shane, But he's the one with the win over Alabama. He's yeah. the one that make help him to the SEC championship. He may be the one that brings helps bring a national championship to Baton Rouge. So if he does all that, you can't argue with that. Absolutely. All right, last thing here, Shane, I wanted to hit on this. I, I don't want to forget it, but uh, Tua did an interview here with Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN, and I just really wanted to include this because, you know, I think a lot of people assumed that he's just immediately going to go to the NFL. We all know – you know the devastating injury he suffered and that's clouded things but uh you know i, I just thought this was a really open and honest uh, discussion here from tua on where his mindset is and you know just listen to this he's clearly torn on on what he's going to
3: do well i think you got to think of both sides of the spectrum you think of risk reward on you know coming back you think of risk reward on leaving you know and when i kind of look at it I, I look at it if i come back the risk is, you know, what if I get hurt again? But the reward could be, you know, maybe I jump back to the top of the charts, you know, on the boards, you know, for all these teams. Now you look at the other side of the spectrum, if I leave, well, the risk is, you know, do I still go in the first round? Or, you know, do I even make it to the second round? And I mean, these guys don't even know, you know, if I can play with, you know, the hip injury yet too. And then, you know I'd say the reward and all of that is you know yeah I'll be getting paid millions but I mean a lot of the money that I could have made you can't make that money up now you know and so that'd be me leaving money on the table but then at the same time I still gotta talk you know with my family about all of this see what their input is and you know now is not the time to be making emotional decisions but now you got to change into thinking as a businessman you know you got to make business decisions and it's just going to be a business decision we'd have to make um, as a family. But you know, my parents would tell you, you know, it'd it end up coming down to my decision. So. And what, when do you hope to make that decision? Like, is that, I don't even know the dates. I don't know if it's in I think, yeah, it's I think in it's, early January. Yes, yeah, the 20th, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So are you going to wait up to the last second? Or are you going to come to a decision and once you feel it, pray about it? Yeah. Just kind of say it, whatever. Yeah. So I, I think once, once it, once we, you know, come to a decision and we've prayed on it and, you know, what I feel is, you know, heavy on my heart that is the right thing to do for me, then, you know, I'll, I'll do it whether it's tomorrow, you know, or on the 20th of January, then,
4: yeah. All right, Shane, so you heard it there from Tua. Uh, what do you think he sh- will do and what do you think he should do here? And, I mean, I've heard a lot of interesting things. I, I've even heard, you know, some people suggest maybe return to Alabama and just not even play. And you basically just rehab and uh, you kind of prove yourself this time next year to the NFL people that says, you know, hey, my hip's working just fine and I just didn't want to risk the injury. And, you know, maybe maybe they'll make him number one pick again. But you also got to think that uh, at this time next year, Trevor Lawrence is going to be coming up. So I think uh, even if Tua were to take that route, I think NFL, as long as Trevor Lawrence, you know, hopefully doesn't get hurt. Uh, I, I think there's no chance that Tua goes ahead of Trevor Lawrence just based on what we've seen so far. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on this situation? Man, I, I think,
0: honestly, right now, I think he goes. Mm-hmm. And something that you talked on a while back, and, you know, the NFL, when you watch the NFL, it's so hard to find the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? The The one that you can just – Rely on for several years, like an Aaron Rodgers or a, a Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's banged up, Tom Brady, those types of guys, you know, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, you know, when you find the one, you could keep him for a long time, you know, and, and, you know, now you're seeing some of these new guys like Patrick Mahomes and, uh, you know, Lamar Russell, Jackson. Lamar, yeah, well, Lamar's kind of his own. <laughs> he's, that's a whole different animal right there, dude. Uh, I, I don't know if – it well, maybe. I mean, if he stays healthy, it's. I just – anyway, that's like a totally different subject. But what I'm saying is you find that one quarterback, you can build around it, you can build a franchise around it, and is Tua banged up? Absolutely. Is there a chance that he misses two years? I mean, it wouldn't even surprise me if he, if a team picked him and sat him on the bench and rehabbed him and got him bright before they tried to move him in, kind of like a, an Aaron Rodgers situation, you know. He's going to be a first-round pick. I, I just don't – I cannot fathom the idea of somebody waiting to the second round to get to a – you know, somebody's going to take a chance in the first round and probably pretty early, mm-hmm. and they may not rush him, they may not play him the following season, but there's a vent in the back of their minds, there's, there's that moment when Tua is going to be able to take over an NFL team, and, you know, he has what it takes to be one of those guys, you know, now he could be a bust. He may not come back a hundred percent healthy. There's always that possibility, but you know, look at some of these other quarterbacks floating around the NFL, you know, at least, you know, what you
4: have with Tua. Yeah. And I think you make a good point. Now, worst case scenario, like you said, I I don't think there's any way he's going to miss two years, but let's just say, let's just say that does happen. If you get him and he's your quarterback, the following eight to 10 seasons, Mm-hmm. I mean, that's worth like 10 first round picks. And I'm not even exaggerating because that's the difference in the NFL right now. If you got one of these quarterbacks that's really good, you know, your team is in contention. I don't care what you got around them. You know, if you got the right pieces around them, you'll win a Super Bowl. But if you you could have, you know, pro bowlers all over the field, but if you got a terrible quarterback, you got no shot. So I I'm with you. I don't even think. I don't think there's any chance he would slip to the second round. I would be no. stunned if he went, you know, past like 15. Like, I think he would – he'd probably be a top ten option still, just given the fact that uh, the quarterback is such a in-demand position. And there's mm-hmm. – all it takes is one, Shane. I mean, yeah. particularly if you're looking at the quarterbacks coming up this year. And I know we got – we like Joe Burrow, but – uh, how many other ones are there? I mean, you're talking the Oregon quarterback. Maybe, maybe evaluate him, and you say, "Well, hell, this kid, he's not that good." I mean, it, <laughs> all it takes is one team to fall in love with, or look fall at, out of love with all the other guys, and and they'll take a chance on Tua. Look at Sweat last year.
0: You know, I mean, the guy tore his, AC, was it his ACL, right? You know, before
4: before the draft, and he still went first round, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Are you, you, talk, know? Are you talking about the, the uh, from Mississippi State? Yeah. Well, I think it was him. It was a heart condition. Remember, that's no, I th- it was, that's I why it was the he kinda, that's kind of why he fell a little bit. But that that's a good example, Shane, because a lot of people thought he would fall several rounds. But what happened was the Redskins cleared him. The Redskins loved his film and said, "Hell, I mean, there's minim- minimal risk here." Now the other thirty one franchise, they may have said, "There's this is huge risk," but it doesn't matter. It just, it's just the one. You just need one team to believe, and if you got that talent, I mean, they'll overlook a hell of a lot. So, uh, I think uh, I, I wouldn't blame Tua for coming back. I'm not saying he has to go by any means, but oh no no, it was Simmons, wasn't it? It was Simmons. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, so he he tore up his knee, but he's already back again. So, uh, yeah, if I if I'm Tua, I think I. I'm going, and I'm collecting that paycheck while I can get it. All right, Shane, so that's all I got on this one. Uh, You got anything before we hop off here?
0: No, that's it, buddy. I just, man, you know, sucks. There's not, I mean, we got one game to look forward to this week, but I'm going to love it. We're going to love them all, you know, and uh, we're just going to keep an eye on them. Uh, and after this, we're going to get some bowl games, right? When, when do they come out
4: with those? Yeah, so on Sunday, we're going to find out about the bowl assignments. And I've actually got a pretty good guest lined up here, Shane. So look forward to that. Once the bowl assignments, I think I'm probably going to try to get a couple people to, to get on the pod because obviously it's an SEC podcast and we're not going to. You know, we never bullshit you guys, but if, you know, let's say an SEC team's playing Purdue or Nebraska or whoever the hell they're playing, uh, those are teams that we don't know a lot about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I've already reached out to people that can help us break us down, give us the matchups for the other schools, so once we know who the sec teams are playing in the bowl games look forward to that in the coming uh next week and everything so we've got a lot of great content and uh i'm ready to talk about uh, the rest of these teams getting back into action i know it's, it's a heavy recruiting time right now but man it won't be long before we're breaking down these bowl matchups and college football playoff matchups and man it's uh, it's getting close
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love it. It's it's The, the coaching search is uh, at 100 miles an hour right now, and I love it. Just learn, I think I've got to figure out more about this Healy guy, you know?
4: Just don't hire Healy. You'll be all right. Just
0: don't hire Healy. You'll be all right.
4: All right, Shane. Thanks for joining me. As always, thank you everyone for tuning in. Oh, and if you made it this far, if you wouldn't mind just going a step further, giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts that really helps out the podcast. Uh, Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the next one.
0: All right. See you guys. Go Vols.